Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Real Nerds by Nebulous Visions. I am Ryan. Next to me is... Brad. Brad is wearing a Rockies hat today, so he's really cool today. Signed by Chris Iannetta and who else signed him? Greg Reynolds. Greg Reynolds, relief pitcher out of the bullpen, a lefty. That's right. So now... now Rockies represent... So we're not only nerds um, in the movie world, but we love Colorado sports. But you also like the Dolphins, so you're kind of gay that way. Screw you, hippie. (laughs) Um, Yeah, welcome to another exciting installment. It's just me and Brad this week, but that's okay. Um, Our featured movie is going to be Green Lantern. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I'll start with movie news, and I'll start on actually a somber note. Um, The producer of the Spider-Man films, Laura Ziskin, she died this week. Really? After a long fight with breast cancer, and... Yeah, it's sad. She, uh, I mean, she's one of the big reasons why Spider-Man made it to the big screen, and she fought really hard for two or three years to get it to Sony and have Sony make the picture. And she did, but I also was reading a little bit about her because, you know, after she passed away, I was really interested. But she also started the Stand Up to Cancer um, thing that the actors do. Uh, she's one of the co-founders of that organization. And she also produced movies like Pretty Woman and stuff like that. So she's a... Uh, She's a pretty big producer in Hollywood, so it sucks that she uh, passed away. And she was producing the new Spider-Man movie? She was. Movie? And uh, her husband is Alvin Sargent, who's a screenwriter who wrote the second Spider-Man and helped on the first and third one. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of sad. Sad day for Spider-Man fans. Sad day, because, you know, um, she worked really hard to get Spider-Man on the big screen, because I don't think a lot of people may not know that Spider-Man, it took a long time for it to be made, because of all the legal problems and James Cameron wrote an amazing script for spider-man i bet he did oh dude he um he uh made a spider-man where his suit was black and had like goggles for eyes and the villains in it were electro and sandman but that wasn't their names <laughs> they were like it's like in the electricity 90s, guy yeah. and well you know like in the 90s where they try to ignore the comic book aspects of movies where they didn't you know, really try to ground it in reality. Yeah, but it came across super campy when they did it. Yeah, that's when you read his treatment. That's what it read like. And I remember he was all pissed off that they didn't go with his idea. And I, I can't, I don't remember the specifics about it, but it wasn't good. Because if there's one thing James Cameron knows how to do, it's, it's write, write a script. Scripts. He is the best script writer in Hollywood. If I had to pick a guy to write a script, four James billion Cameron, dollars can't be wrong. I just think it proves how stupid people are and how much they like stupid movies. Like, I still don't think Avatar is that good. I have I no idea. I haven't seen it. Yeah, you're not missing anything. I don't know how it's the highest grossing movie of all time. It, and, you know, actually, I'm excited. Uh, it's a kind of double-edged sword. I mean, 3D could be really cool if it's used properly. But uh, movie audiences are kind of telling... Um, if you hear a noise, that's my dog drinking water. Sorry, on the podcast. Um, but... You know, they're not really going to the 3D movies as much, you know, because they oversaturated the market already. And, and they just keep raising the price on it. Yeah, I mean, it's already up a dollar this year. And, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to even have it. Because especially all the movies that are coming out now were, especially the summer movies, you know, were shot maybe a year ago, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. It takes so long for the special effects. And, and, and they're so still they're learning all, how to shoot it. Yeah. So... So I, I'm pretty sure I might see Harry Potter, the last one in 3D, because it's the last one and it might be something special. But I, I'm pretty sure after Harry Potter, the next movie I'll see in 3D will be The Amazing Spider-Man, because that one's actually being shot in 3D. So it might be good. Who knows? It probably won't add anything to the movie. I heard a lot of movies people are expecting to, to come out in 3D or 
the directors coming forward and be like, yeah, we're not doing that in 3D. Yeah. Like, wasn't Cowboys and Aliens supposed to be 3D? And um, Yeah, I think it was. And, you know, the first Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 1 was actually supposed to be in 3D. Uh, when they were converting it, though, the director said, this looks like shit, and I'm not going to do it. And so they scrapped it, and they just put it out in 2D. And it still grossed almost $400 million, so, it, you know, I guess that helps. Anyways, that was my first movie news was... <laughs> The passing of an, a, a cool producer. And you know, when you think of superhero movies, I guess you really don't think of a woman producing them. Right. And so kind it's kind of a man's world. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that she did that. And um, nice. she'll be missed. Um, any bit of movie news you want to share? Anything um, interesting this week? Not really. Um, speaking of the Green Lantern, I was hoping for a Dark Knight Rises teaser. And there was a fake one leaked online. And. Um, yeah, it was fake. So who cares? Yeah, whatever. you know, you know, it's it, it should start to get to that point where what's the next big? I think Cowboys and Aliens is that a Warner Brothers movie? Uh, I think it is. Might be Columbia. Maybe it is. Whatever. I think towards the end of the summer, the big Warner Brothers. Well, maybe in front of Harry Potter. Yeah, I guess that's the last big Warner Brothers yeah. thing. Because I mean, it was that's basically almost a year exactly. Actually, Cowboys and Aliens out. might be Paramount because oh, it is Iron Man is Paramount. It and, is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm actually thinking that that might come out, um, you know, in front of Harry Potter might be Dark Knight. And I think a Spider-Man might have a little teaser in front of, uh, Captain America. I actually don't understand why people are expecting one because they've only just now started casting. Like how much footage yeah. did, can they possibly have? Well, to get how early did the one for the that? Dark Knight come out though? It was pretty... It was a it was, year before it came out. It was pretty... I mean, it basically... They'd also been working on it for maybe half a year prior to that so yeah I th- how long has it been? it's been shooting for almost a month now though hasn't it yeah the they just dark casted knight. it maybe two months ago so yeah but you can always have i mean the dark knight when that came out was just the joker who well, actually yeah. it was alfred and the joker talking was the whole trailer and i mean it, it was riveting enough to get it going I, I um the texas chainsaw massacre the the remake michael bay he didn't direct it but he did direct the trailer for it i don't know if you remember the trailer um it's a black screen and it's a girl like you hear her running and like hitting the like she's running across wooden floors basically and screaming and panting and then you hear a door open she closes and she just hear her heavy breathing and then you hear a chainsaw start and that's how he sold the idea for the movie and that's how it got made is uh just a black screen with sound and you know it was an effective trailer and you know the dark knight had an effective trailer where it's basically just the bat symbol being slowly revealed with um dialogue and you know if you you sell the movie correctly it's it could be ineffective so we don't know we'll see yeah i'm, I'm anxious to see one but i just you do i'm really i'm surprised i don't have a spider-man way because that movie i think it's almost done shooting and i know it's been shooting for a long long time yeah it's, it's actually yeah, more surprising because it should have yeah because i mean plenty of footage by now i don't know how long they've been shooting that movie I, it's been at least four or five months because I remember they took a Christmas break. That's how long it's been shooting. And I mean, you expect movies like that to shoot that long because <laughs> I don't know how many special effects are in it, but we'll see. And, and they're shooting in 3D, so it's technically more difficult. Yeah, and I, I I know that for a fact, though, they cut the budget to $130 million to make the movie, allegedly. And Spider-Man 3 cost $300 million just to produce the movie. When you see movies like Super 8, they work on a budget of, what, $50 million? $50 million? It makes a strong case to say that throwing money at something is not going to yeah, improve a movie. I, I, 
I mean, I actually, I mean, think Spider-Man three looks pretty amazing. Like the, the last scene with the Sandman coming up, I think is a pretty amazing effect shot. But also, though, the first Spider-Man, I think, cost $110 million to make. So, I mean, this is the highest grossing one in the series. Obviously, the demand for it. But still, you know, you really need that much more money into the movie when you can make a super effective movie for half the price. Right. Yeah, it's always the argument with that. Um, and my other bit of news is, I don't know if you've ever, you don't read that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot who only watches TV. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Do you read lots of novels? I never hear you talk about reading novels very often. Um, I just, I, I usually, lately I've been reading like comedy novels. So I just, I just read, uh, Patton Oswalt's zombie spaceship werewolf wasteland. You know, sorry. Zombie spaceship wasteland. What I do like about comedy novels though, is a lot of times they have like essays and little things. And I'm, mm. uh, like, uh, the two John Stewart's America book and Stephen Colbert's book are freaking classics just because they're, they're so ridiculous, but they're funny. But uh, one of my favorite books, World War Z, is starting to shoot. And this is a $150 million zombie movie, which you don't... I mean, zombie movies are shot for usually like $10 million. But uh, Brad Pitt's starring in it, and uh, they're getting lots of big people. The The story is um, Brad Pitt plays the character in it who... <laughs> so much noise going on in here right now. Um, I'm just wondering what that smell is. It's like oh, Laura's cooking tea or something. Uh. My wife. Uh but uh, the, the story is is uh, a guy goes back for the UN and he recounts the zombie infection. And so each chapter in the book is basically someone else telling their story from the zombie plague. And Brad Pitt plays the main character in it. And they just cast uh, Matthew Fox, uh, Dr. Jack Shepard from Lost, if you will. And uh, who's this one? Oh, Ed Harris. They cast Ed Harris too. So I think it would be a pretty big movie. And because I was, I was just reading that they push back the st- Star Trek 2 is not going to come out next uh, in 2012, summer 2012. Oh. They just pushed it back, I think, till Christmas or something again, like like the first one. Oh. So that's a bummer. Yeah. So Paramount is making World War Z their, like, big summer movie in 2012. Well, but I think they have the Avengers coming out in 2012, too, so I guess that would be their big summer movie, which is filming right now, too, which would be pretty awesome. So, yeah, I'm excited for World War Z. It should be interesting. Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with the book and everything, so it'll be new to me. Yeah, it'll be cool. You should check out the book, though. It's really good. It's uh, it's like almost 400 pages, but it reads really quickly. Oh, my God. <laughs> but you know, like those books that read really quickly. And I also need to pick up... Simon Pegg wrote a book. Did you know that? Yeah. I need to pick up that book. Uh, it's called Nerd to Do Well. Nerd to Do Well, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm interested because I just read Dick Van Dyke's memoir, and I thought it was really fun. And It's 30% I, off now at Target. Yeah, so I, I, should, have have pick, it. Yeah, I should go pick that up uh, because uh, we're big fans of Simon Pegg, and... I was first exposed to him on uh, Shaun of the Dead. Right. And Most I remember... Most of us were, yeah. Yeah. I, you went with me. We went and saw it at the Mayan, didn't we? No, I think we saw it at Denver West. Did we see it at Denver West? I, pretty, I thought I saw it at the Independent movie. I'm pretty sure we saw it at the Mayan. The Mayan, for those people who don't live in Colorado, <laughs> is our like art house um, cinema. And you see stuff like, uh, they call me Bruce there and uh, <laughs> Bubba Hotep. Stuff that's uh, yeah on a limited tour where usually you can... But, get the screening with the director yeah but we also saw the road there and that was cool except for the drunk guys that were in front of us <laughs> but yeah but I, maybe i saw it at both places i'm pretty sure i saw its initial run at the, the I remember seeing it, like you and adam and maybe cliff yeah but i thought that was at denver west maybe i saw it it doesn't matter yeah anyways it's a good movie and that's really introduced me to him and i uh and those guys and then cliff got the spaced uh dvds imported 
Mm-hmm. And I remember watching him on, was it his PlayStation that didn't, or it was his Xbox didn't have regional coding in it or <laughs> something, and we watched it at his house. And yeah, so that's that's my movie news. I got to pick up his book and uh, check it out. I think it'd be fun. Nice. Yeah. Kind of a slow week in movie news. Yeah. I, I remember reading that they offered the Wolverine to some director, and I forget the director. Now I look like an idiot. Um, but whatever. I'm, uh, I'm not like. I'm not really jonesing I, for I it. I can't wait for a Wolverine. Or a, <laughs> I'm not, not only am I not waiting for a Wolverine sequel, but one that's also called The Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the X Men Origins? X Men Origins Wolverine. What? Do you see the movie, the X-Men Origins, Wolverine? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Okay, sorry. I was thinking first class. (laughs) No, I was there with you. (laughs) I mean, the X-Men. Yeah, the, yeah. That that movie, again, it it suffers from too much going on. But I mean, there's moments in it where it's cool, but then... Bad dialogue and cheesy effects. Yeah, like, do they really need to CG his his claws? claws. Yeah, I I know. But I mean, there's some cool parts. I mean, I like some of it, but then it just... I've gets, forgotten most of it. Yeah, then it gets messy. I got it on Blu-ray when it was six ninety nine. Nice. It's well worth it. <laughs> uh, That's of, six dollars more than you should have paid for it. <laughs> I, I used a, uh, a gift card, so I did not pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my my DVD news is I finally got around to watching Cars. I was going to ask you about that, and it's really funny. Like I actually really enjoyed the movie. Uh, I think Owen Wilson was really funny as Lightning McQueen. I loved his ciao. <laughs> And uh, my my favorite line in the movie is uh, Lightning McQueen is I, he's talking to that chick who's the Porsche, and he says, "I give people feelings they don't even know they had." <laughs> it's so funny. Like I, I love the uh, I love the redemption of characters in movies sometimes because mm-hmm. in that movie he's you know hot headed and he thinks he's so awesome, which he is, and uh, and then he gets put in his place by. Paul he gets put in his place by Paul Newman. That was Paul Newman's last movie, wasn't it? I think so. And Paul Newman was really good in it. I wonder if they recast it like they did Jim Varney for uh, Toy Story. I don't know. I, I guess Cars 2, though, deals with them being like spies or something, so I don't Maybe know. Maybe he's not even in it. He might not be. I imagine that saying. character would just hang around in a small town like he wouldn't go out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I guess. Country hopping. But so does that make you more interested in Cars 2 now? Yeah, it does, because I, I don't know why I never saw Cars originally. For some reason, it never appealed to me when I was... I it, saw. Yeah, it seems shallow and... Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know why I always doubt Pixar. I know, right? You know, it's... <laughs> I mean, you posted that actually on my um, Facebook page. Yeah. You you, you don't you should never doubt these guys, because... I, but uh, visually, that movie's spectacular. I mean, there's... Uh, and that was a 2006 movie, but when the neon lights are going on and all the cars with the reflections and when they're racing and... Yeah, I don't know what it, like Pixar, they'll they'll bring something out and you're like, oh, that's cool. I might see that, mm-hmm. and you forget, you know. Aside from Wally, like watching that trailer, I was like, I know I want to see that. Yeah. But Ratatouille, I Ratatouille was like, is a big one for me because you know you see it and you're like, oh, it looks kind of interesting, but uh, and then you go see it and you're like blown away. Yeah, it's because it's amazing. Yeah, and then what else? Uh, it's Ratatouille. Even, like, when you hear Toy Story 3, can you even, like... Toy Story 3 is, it's so, like, they've already had two, you know it's going to be good. Yeah, you know it's going to be good, but you're also kind of um, nervous because you don't know where it's going to go. Exactly. Traditionally, or... You don't know where it's going to go, and, but... (laughs) Can they pull it off again? Is Toy Story 3 the best Toy Story? Possibly. Possibly. I mean... The movie where they have the balls to threaten you that the characters might actually get killed off. I know. I couldn't believe it. I could yeah. not. Be- I, I, they, if they'd done it, I would have been like, 
that's fine. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. I mean, it'd be shocking. Yeah. I, I'd miss him, but yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know why I ever doubted him. And again, that movie was just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how I just, I decided to rent cars one day. Cause that's, you know, I realized Pixar doesn't let me down, so I should go mm-hmm. ahead and check it out. And yeah. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't my favorite, but it was still, oh, no. I mean, I, I don't know if I could rank Pixar movies cause I love them so much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think Up and Wally are really close to my favorites. But then I also have like Toy Story two kind of poking its head in there, and then Toy Story three, and then you know, yeah. I like I love Bugs Life too. I watched that again recently, and that movie is really cute. People always give that movie shit, but it's it's not. They like they say it's oh it's the worst Pixar movie, but hmm. I mean I haven't See, seen I it a lot, but cars. I remember it being just as comparable to you know like Cars or yeah, um, yeah. And people love The Incredibles, but. Yeah, The Incredibles is really good. It's not my favorite, but it's still really good. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, that's like saying they're the worst M&M color, you know. I don't like orange as much as I like blue. They all know? taste the same. They though. all taste the same. Yeah. And they're all equally amazing. I also saw uh, Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage. Um, I, I rented Me that too. movie because I was reading reviews for it, and they said it's the most ridiculous movie you'll ever see, and it's pretty close. I wouldn't call it Drive Angry. I'd call Drive Angry Through a Mediocre Script. <laughs> and the guy who wrote it actually wrote uh, Jason X, and he's in the movie too, and just like he's in Jason X. And he also wrote My Bloody Valentine 3D, and he's in My Bloody Valentine 3D. And in the last two movies that he's been in, he's always banging some chick. So I think he writes himself in the movies so he can have sex with chicks in the movies. I don't know. Simulated sex with chicks in the movies? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's bizarre. That's and, creepy. Yeah. The movie, like... <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, it's so convoluted, and there's like so many rules. And the whole point is, um, Nicholas Cage died, and he found a way out of hell because his um, daughter was murdered by some crazy cult guy who was using sat. Like, he's a sat. That guy it, from it, uh, Twenty Four Season Two. Yes, and it makes no sense at all. Like, I guess Satan doesn't like people using him for sacrifice and so he lets Nicolas Cage basically escape and uh, these guys are making me look bad yeah and <laughs> yeah that guy ass. his name's the accountant and he's it's like an FBI agent but he kills people and then when people question like it's so like stupid but there's like there's some action scenes that are really cool in it like uh, well, Nicholas, I think the point is that, that movie is basically just made to get 3d out there yeah more more exposure <laughs> i mean the first shot uh that you see nicholas cage uh he pulls up in his car and this dude runs at him with a, i don't remember if it's a gun or a knife this is how much i remember the movie that i saw four days ago and he shoots it and his hand like gets blown off in 3d which i imagine might look pretty cool in the theater of course i saw it in 2d because i do not own a 3d uh, tv but yeah, I don't know. And that, but there's this one scene where Nicolas Cage has sex with this girl with his clothes on, and uh, then the bad guys bust in to get him, and he's shooting all these people while he's still having sex with this chick. So he's squirting. <laughs> he's shooting his hot load all <laughs> no, over everybody in all the room. All those agents, gross, man. That movie really. So yeah, he's goes like too far. So it's really bizarre, and the reason I. <laughs> I rented it because I read a review. I don't remember where I was reading it. Maybe it was on Rotten Tomatoes. And I just saw like one of the little blurbs, and it said uh, 
it has gratuitous nudity, gratuitous violence. It makes absolutely no sense at all. <laughs> like, eh, whatever. I'll see it. And you know what? It's gratuitous violence. It's gratuitous nudity. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Chris Cooper. No, that's not his name. What the fuck is that guy's name? Who plays the accountant in it? Anyway, whatever. Anyways, so he's like, I don't know if he puts people under like a hypnotic spell, but throughout the movie, people come up and question him and he flips a coin that comes at the camera, which I guess should be in 3D. And then when, it, when he catches oh, it again... Oh, how sweet would that have been in the Dark Knight if it was in 3D? Totally. And when, <laughs> he, dense, like, and when he catches it, it turns into an FBI badge and he holds it. And no matter what he did before, everybody's like, oh, he's a fed. Like, he helped Nicolas Cage escape at this one point, this roadblock, by driving a truck into other police officers and making it flip and exploding. And then he... And then all these other guys get around like hey what the fuck are you doing man and he flips his coin and then it turns into an fbi badge and they all say okay he's an agent he's a federal agent you're like wait what makes <laughs> <laughs> any sense and this whole time he's trying to his job is to get nicholas cage back in hell but then all of a sudden he decides that he's going to help nicholas cage for the last like half of the movie and the first half of the movie is him chasing nicholas cage to bring him back to hell but then he decides he's going to help it doesn't make any sense at all and I'm trying to explain it to you, and I'm confusing myself explaining it to you to try to explain this. Yeah, it sounds all over the map. Yeah. I can't I mean, even follow you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, eh, it's all right. Whatever. There's naked chicks in it and blood and violence. And Nicolas Cage needs paychecks because he's bankrupt. <laughs> a guy who's make $20 million a movie does not have any money. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched A Little Miss Sunshine again. That movie's awesome. Nice. Yeah. I forgot how funny it was. I got it on Blu-ray because it was on sale for seven ninety-nine on Blu-ray. So I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. It's funny. Nice. Miss those kind of movies. Yeah, I'm watching a while, but I'm a big a fan of one. Steve Carell, so I'm trying to get all those movies. I remember not liking Dan in real life, so I probably won't get that one. Yeah, it's been on my Netflix queue for the longest time. It just keeps falling further and further <laughs> down the list because <laughs> people that, tell me it's not that great. It's not that great. You know, I like Steve Carell, even. Uh, in Little Miss Sunshine, when he him and Greg Kinnear have that little back and forth about the steps, it's really, really funny. And he's being all sarcastic about the steps and how mm. he's, a, he's, an, he's a loser because he tried to kill himself. Right. Interesting. That's what I watched this week. And Spider-Man 2 again. <laughs> You've been busier watching stuff than I have. Yeah, because I've been working so much, I just get off work, and I'm like, I just want to watch something, and, like, TV sucks right now. And so, I watch SportsCenter, and then I put in some random movie lately. Um, yeah, so anyways, we'll come back, and we'll review Green Lantern. In the meantime, enjoy this little ditty from our sponsor. Come on, Scruffy, let's go play ball. Come on, Scruffy, wake up, boy. Time to play. Scruffy? Scruffy? Does it break your heart to hear a child saddened by the death of his dog? If so, then the Canine Replacement Society has the solution for you. Simply trade in your cold, dead former best friend towards the purchase of one of our state-of-the-art robotic dogs. These dogs are nuclear-powered and won't die until long after you've passed on. Robotic dogs are programmed to fetch, roll over, and most of all, to love. Okay, Collie B59C, catch the Frisbee! I will destroy you! Call the Canine Replacement Society today at 1-800-555-1234. Canine Replacement Society, a division of Oscar Mayer. Wow, that was incredible. <laughs> I, I I want to buy that. I want to buy it, too. Are, do you know what we're buying yet? It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. It's awesome. Whatever we advertise is worth Whatever buying. Advertise. Um, so, yeah, welcome back. We're, uh, the main one we're reviewing this week is The Green Lantern. Of all the movies this summer, 
I was most concerned about this one. Oh, hold on. Let me play the trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. here's a trailer for the Green Lantern. Great light has gone out in the universe. Worlds annihilated. Lanterns, we face an unprecedented danger. An enemy powerful enough to destroy entire civilizations. To fight this enemy, the ring chose a human. But I don't need to tell you your duty. that mankind has ever encountered. Son, we're gonna get you well again. I've never felt better in my life. They said they wouldn't have chosen me. If they didn't see something, I don't see it. I see it. You had the ability to overcome fear. Stay here. No problem. If you die, innocent lives will be lost. Your world will be annihilated. Help me save my planet. Fight it. Fight it with me. Brightest day. Blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light! Of all the movies this year, I was really concerned about this one, <laughs> as you can tell by the trailer. Uh, I don't know. You know... Ryan, are you familiar with the comic book? I am somewhat familiar with it. Somewhat. I mean, I, I read enough about comic books. I know that this ring um, is cho- chooses its wearer, or who bears the ring. How would you even say that? Um the wearer of the ring <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah i guess you know so i know it cho- it chooses the hero that it's supposed to be on i know that they are like the police of the space world and each one has a little world that they defend and hal jordan defends earth i knew that about the comics i knew yellow was bad and green was good and yeah that's about what i knew about it. i knew sinestro was good and then he was bad and I, again, this is all just what I read in like Wizard that is not published anymore. Right. And you that's know, about all I know about about Greenland. I've never really followed it. So. Either did I. And you know, I was hoping this movie would help me get interested in it. And yeah, after watching it, Ryan, what is your opinion of the Green Lantern movie? You know, it's does it succeed in honoring what you do know about the do know about the comic well, book? Well, it didn't or? teach me anything I didn't know. You know, I. You know, when I'm watching it the whole time, I, 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 I'm doing this the whole time. Meh. 
Like, I, I wouldn't say it's a terrible movie, but it's not a movie that I really enjoyed. It's no Batman and Robin, but it's no... Yeah, I mean, there's... For me, comic book movies, you have um, The Dark Knight and Batman Begins, Iron Man and Spider-Man are kind of the ones that are... The upper echelon. Upper echelon. And then you start trickling down, and I mean, the bottom of the barrel is something like Howard the Duck or... Which a lot, do people know that's a, a comic book movie? Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Um, yeah, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin more so because he had, a, he had a Batman credit card. What's Punisher. that about? Yeah. <laughs> but, Dude, uh, yeah. But it's somewhere in the middle. You know, it's kind of the same as Superman Returns, where it's not like a bad movie, but what does it... You know what I mean? Like, I don't... It doesn't bring anything new to the table. It doesn't bring anything new. And, you know, when... Sometimes it seems like they're trying to make you relate to Hal Jordan so much at the beginning that it, it was just clumsy writing. Uh, when his dad died at the beginning, they, they wanted to give him daddy issues. It actually reminded me of Hot Shots, where his dad... This is, I think, the third time I've mentioned Hot Shots in our podcast, but in Hot Shots, Topper Harley, um, Charlie Sheen's dad, is a hot shot pilot, and he dies in a mission and that haunts him throughout the whole movie. And yeah, it's basically the same story in the Green Lantern. I have no idea if that's actually Hal Jordan's story, but to me, I don't think it is because I'm sure I would have read something about his origin. I I know he's a test pilot, so yeah, I don't. How long does the movie take to like make like a long time? Really? I thought it, they like announced it last year and it came oh, out maybe. this summer. But it felt like to me the whole movie felt really rushed. Yeah, well, there's I mean there's times in the movie that it, the special effects look spectacular. Um, there's some parts on Oa, the Green Lantern's home planet, I thought looked really good. And a lot of the creatures, like the Green Lantern core, mm-hmm. I thought, as far as, you know, CGI characters, were really impressive. Well, yeah, like the fish guy that who trains him, I thought looked yeah. really good. I even thought they had a lot of depth and texture. To yeah, even the Kilwag, was that, that's his name? Kilwag. Kilwag. He looked way better than he did in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, he had way more, co- like, uh, in the trailer, he's, like, kind of pinkish. And in this, he had a lot more colors and texture to him. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes you'd watch it and uh, one of my biggest pet peeves with movies sometimes is why do they have CGI characters when they're not necessary? You know, like when uh, Mark Strong is giving like one of his many monologues in the movie and he's like turning and looking around. Why do they make that a CG character? Why can't it? uh, Why can't it just be him? I don't get that. Yeah, or close-up shots where Ryan Reynolds, is, you know, is in the suit or whatever, and you see like this—the neckline of mm-hmm. the suit is kind of like floating around. Yeah. In a close-up, like, why can't he just wear an actual, you know? Yeah, it doesn't seem that hard to me. Suit. And it, it probably, they could still like put like the energy lines and, over. And correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't cost more money to make a CG shot than it would be to have an actor stand there. Yeah, I mean it's it's close up shot. Half the suit's not even going to show up on screen. So exactly, and that's why. I and the, mean, the mask, like in some shots, it's there, and sometimes it's not. And I think the end is the only part we actually see it dissolve on his face. Yeah, I, I thought so that it, was confusing. Yeah, because he when it, he first gets there and he, he gets the suit like uh, engineered onto him, and then he's walking along the mirrors, checking himself out, and then when he turns around, it's just gone. When he's talking to yeah. what's his name, the well, fish the, guy. Yeah, they said because. You know, he doesn't need to protect his identity here. But I thought it was funny, you know, when Blake Lively, her character, was it Carol was her name? Yeah. She said, yeah, I, I recognize you just because you cover up your cheekbones. I mean, I don't, I mean, that's kind of funny because, right. I mean, that's always been my thing with, uh, you know, Superman and stuff. I mean, how would you not, 
And then it was funny that he did. Uh, I mean, there's some scenes I liked. I mean, I liked when he tried to do the Batman thing where he changed his voice and oh yeah, and he, he, was, <laughs> he talked really gruff and but she still knew it was him. And there are a couple funny parts in it like that. when he flipped off nice. the guy. It was funny when he's putting on the ring. And here's the ring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I can't. And so you. <sighs> You know, you know your speech. Yeah, you don't know what else to say. I don't about know what it. else to say about it. I mean, I, it's not that I hated the movie. Well, I I don't know if I'll see it again. I, I mean, I don't know how I feel about it because there's parts that I enjoyed, but uh, there's other parts you just. I mean, there was, and why did his nephew who wouldn't enjoy his birthday party because he thought his uncle was dead? That they happened to have a newscast as soon as he walked in the door. <laughs> I know. How often do you see newscasts about like uh, test pilots? Je- yeah, test jets out in. Where were they? California, I guess. Yeah. Filmed in New Orleans, but takes place in California. I guess they never really that specific with it. And he, uh, I guess it's a good thing that what's his name, Abin Sur, crash landed in that area, so that the ring didn't have to go far to find him and then <laughs> yeah. drag him back to. Because what if he crashed, you know, like in Florida, <laughs> grabbed Jordan? Pulled him back to Florida, and then after he's got the ring, he's like, "Fuck." Uh, you know what I think he hasn't said the oath yet, so he has to drive back to California you know and then start the lantern. Because he knew exactly where to tell his friend to pick him up. <laughs> he like yeah. got dragged. There. His friend showed up. And he was ready to go. <laughs> hey, you know that uh, piece of land with the beach? And then they really didn't That's understand why they got all scared when the military showed up. Because to me, if he was a military test pilot. And he found that. I think you would still call it in and say, hey, you know, I found this. I don't think you'd hide from it. Maybe you'd hide the ring or whatever, but. Yeah, hide the ring, but be like, yeah, you guys should take that dead body and. <laughs> yeah. Do something with it. Um, And Tim Robbins, he's like the cliche. Yeah, Tim Robbins cliche. And then Angela Bassett, why was she in the movie? So she'd get killed. <laughs> but she didn't die, I guess. She just got washed away. She just got washed away. Oh, yeah, she did. She just, just disappeared. Literally washed <laughs> off screen. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a really hard movie to review because it's not like one I hated, but it's also one I didn't enjoy. I, I don't know. Also, wasn't like the the Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds like romance scenes? I yeah. was just like, it just seemed tacked on. Uh, and sometimes it's just unnecessary. I, I, actually, I blame Spider Man for a lot of comic book movies that have that because the Spider Man and uh, Peter Parker Mary Jane relationship worked really well in those movies. So now they always feel like they have to put those on because it worked so well, and now it's just. They didn't. The only way they built that relationship was just by having the characters on screen saying, "We've known each other for a long time," mm-hmm. and like that's about it. Actually, you know, I was thinking about that. Remember in the bar where she says, "So I checked the diagnostics. What happened to you there?" He's like, "Thanks for the dance." He just leaves her there, but she came there with him, so he literally just left her there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And the next scene, she's not really that mad at him. She doesn't. For... Yeah, she doesn't chase after him when he goes to the yeah. parking lot, and gets his ass beat up. Yeah. That, so the whole time, like, oh, she must... I was expecting the next scene for it to be that cliched, you just left me at the bar after you drove me there to have a drink, but... I, I'm trying to remember. There was another scene said. where it's just, like, it cut away and left everything behind it. What was it? Uh, keep talking while I think about it. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was just a big little thing that I noticed pretty bad with it, you know. Just... And, you know, it's not really the actor's fault in it because it's not... I think a big part of the script, like some of those lines that uh, they had... uh, Yeah, some of the lines that they were saying were just so, like, typical. 
Yeah, if the script was stronger, like Ryan Reynolds was fine as a character. Like a lot of people might have complained about, it, but I thought, you know, to me, he seemed like he was a cocky test pilot, and he got this power, and you know, did he ever abuse it like early on? Like no, because they you know you usually see that in a lot of superhero movies well, where they get. Know, I mean, are you you're probably talking about this is another scene I had a problem with. So he goes on to Oa, gets his ass kicked by Sinestro, and he says, "I quit." And then he goes back to Earth, and then when um, uh, Hammond's character, Hector Hammond, shows up, he's like, well, I'm going to fight again. And all of a sudden, he's a hero again, and it, like he just basically, I quit, but now I'm not going to quit because I decided I was going to turn a helicopter into a race car. <laughs> I think the... <laughs> That's funny. The I think the movie was actually self-referencing itself that it didn't have enough good ideas because you know he's sitting down with his geek friend saying, mm-hmm. "Yeah, a race car track. That's that's the best you could do." I felt like the movie was commenting on itself. Like I just saved a bunch of lives, and yeah, you know, you're complaining that it was a unimpressive race car. Style. Yeah, I mean, there's some little clever things in it. Yeah. Um, Self-referential. Yeah, but um, I thought Peter Sarsgaard as Hammond, like when he was not transformed yet and just being like a creepy nerd Science character. Guy. I thought like he had these like nice little touches. Yeah. But then when he became like the bad guy is like, Oh, and how, how, for the rest yeah, of the how movie. cliched can I be? Yeah. Just acted tortured and yeah. But yeah, you're right. He had like that little hunched thing. And, and I, another thing is where it's bad writing where, you know, he can read people's thoughts and what they're saying is he's such a failure. That's what people are thinking when they're talking to him. Yeah false because i just when i'm in between thoughts i'm like that ryan <laughs> yeah when i when i'm sitting here i'm like brad thinks he's so smart <laughs> look at him just talk about i don't even know what you know what i mean like look at him run the podcast yeah he's running the buttons. podcast and pressing buttons he thinks he's so he great knows so much about computers <laughs> and then you have to look at me all intense like he just knew what i was saying that you were pushing buttons and <laughs> exactly. For people listening at home, he just did an, reading my thoughts. an amazing <laughs> rendition of someone reading my thoughts. <laughs> but you know, I mean, those, so, so, that's, again, we talked about this, I think last week, I don't like lines that they talk down to audiences. Like really, we had to know that Hector Hammond had daddy issues and that kind of just sprung on you too, that his dad was a Senator. Like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm the senator of the special committee that, <laughs> yeah, it's probably just, you know, too many hands in the um, pot with, I mean, there's four credited screenwriters, really need that many. What was another line? Uh, Why don't you just have Jeff Johns write it, who writes the comic books? Uh, he might have. Was I, he... I'm sure he was in charge of, like, overseeing I know he pro- it. Like, I saw him in the producer credit, but um, I don't know about the writing. I can't remember. Well, you'd hope that he would have some control over it. I think that's why it, it well, referenced... Well, producer, he definitely does. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think that's why it referenced, like, The Brightest Day. Because I, I I don't know, is The Brightest Day always part of the oath? I have no idea. I don't, yeah. <laughs> when, uh, uh, wasn't him the bad guy? Parallax? Parallax, yeah. When he was going down buildings, it looked like just giant shit just pouring <laughs> down buildings. I do have to say, because you know, you're comparing it to Galactus, the effects of Parallax were much more you know believable than yeah but Galactus still looks like turds. CGI. <laughs> yeah but no no i agree and it, at least the parallax had like a character where galactus was just like this cloud yeah well the movie version <laughs> yeah the movie version i'm still gonna make if i had my way i'd make a fantastic four movie where i would have galactus show up like he does in the comic books just because 
Because people already accept that. That's why I think it's so funny. Sometimes these uh, movie guys think people won't accept comic book characters for who they are, and they always do. I've never... I, I think that's where sometimes Hollywood's out of touch. I mean, even like someone like Iron Man, he's exactly how he looks in the comic books, and people are like, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Well, you know, the Dark Knight, the new Batman movies are even more grounded in reality than they used to be. Yeah, and they made a lot of money, so that's like their their that, that's that's their, their winning argument. But then there's you know Sam Raimi takes the robotic you know technical web slingers off and makes it more of a chemical thing, mm-hmm. and so that's where in support of yeah their argument. But, but at the same time, that's not the comic t- book. So I mean, even though I mean, you can say that Nolans are more grounded in reality. Where I still think Batman, besides like the new Batman stuff. Most of his stuff's pretty much grounded in reality anyways, because he doesn't really have too much fantastical villains. I mean, Mr. Freeze and stuff, but, you know, like, the Joker's always, like, a thug, uh, criminal, mastermind, crazy. Two-Face. I mean, Two-Face, I think, and actually in Dark Knight, is pretty close to how he is in the comic books, where Tommy Lee Jones' version was way, way over the top. Ham City. Ham City. But I think the Two-Face in Nolan's is actually, I think, really, really close to the comic book version. So, yeah, yeah. I guess you can make arguments for both. Yeah, but... You know, I think that's... Uh, it can backfire, too, because... But it, I think it just works because that's Batman's world is... Yeah, I mean, it's the crime world. to begin and, with, yeah. So you can have cool elements from it. And, you know, I, I, I do apply... I mean, Green Lantern, when you... I mean, it's hard to make a movie like that because you're taking a huge space science fiction thing and trying to make it accessible to everybody. That's hard. Yeah. With a character that has almost limitless power, too. Yeah, you know, I... That's the frustrating thing is, you know, because those Green Lanterns tried to throw... Like, yeah, that didn't make any sense. They first try to fight Parallax, you know, their best idea is to throw these green chains on them. Yeah, and, like, and you... wrap them up. You, that's what also didn't make sense, too. So how many did Sinestro bring with... I, don't, I couldn't even count them all. It was like 15, 20 of them yeah. that f- fought him. And so Hal Jordan's able to fight him all by himself. Yeah. And he's not even really used the powers before. So does that mean he's the best Green Lantern of all time? I think so. Well, they actually, you know, that is actually my least favorite part of the movie, is I didn't mind the opening where the dude was narrating, like, where the Green Lantern Corps came from. You know, that's fine, because it'd take way too long to set it all up. But then at the end, where he says, Hal Jordan became the greatest Green Lantern of all time, because blah, blah, his humanity, or whatever. Being human while thought to be his greatest weakness, was also his greatest strength. Exactly. It's like a Michael Scott line. Yeah, you know, I think that's actually, you just quoted it almost <laughs> verbatim. It is. It, it, that, see, that was really unnecessary. Again, talking down to the audience. Wow, his humanity saved everybody. And you know, isn't it funny that the only person that Hal Jordan saved when uh, Parallax was swooping through the cities and eradicating a bunch of people was the one black lady in the whole movie. <laughs> Uh, Angela Bassett was the black lady in the movie. He, yeah, he saved two of them. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm talking about when Parallax is going through and he's like eradicating people and people are like turning to skeletons. And then that black teacher gets all the children away. Then she trips and falls. She's like, no. And then all of a sudden Hal Jordan shows up and he saves her and she's able to run away. Right. Of all the people that eradicated. The one black lady made it through. Maybe they're saying, uh, because, you know, in horror movies, a black person always dies first. Maybe it's like the... Turning, They're the, turning on its, on its head. Turning it on its <laughs> head. 
not that I'm being racist. I'm just saying I think it's kind of funny that. Come on, Hal Jordan, save some white people. <laughs> yeah, save white people. They're all getting, you know, vaporized as well. So if he could do that that quick, why couldn't you do it to Hal Jordan that quick too? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> because that, that, Hal Jordan's will is really strong. I guess it's the, uh, that's the problem with this type of movie is you don't know exactly what the rules are. Yeah. Like it, it, it bends them, it stretches them. You know, when you think you know where the line is, you know, the movie pushes it aside just for convenience. Sometimes it's it's frustrating, and it just kind of takes you out. Yeah, you know, especially a ring that can make anything. I mean, if I could, if I was in a fight with Sinestro and he pulled out swords, I'd be like, sweet bazooka. Granted, at that point, you know, he's just got it, and he's never in his life had to think about. But if you're a test pilot, once you shoot like missiles or something, just saying. Yeah, yeah, it might be the first thing you think of. Yeah, <laughs> I want to think of a sword. Or just you know, my thing is, if you can think up whatever you want, can't you just you know? And could you think or, of another parallax just as strong? Like, yeah, hey, that's what I think of. <laughs> Fight uh, over, a green, win. a will-powered parallax, <laughs> or you know, generate the bomb inside parallax and then explode it. Yeah, uh, so that's instead a part of like of the throwing rules, projectiles at it. Yeah. Maybe they the things can't explode. I don't know. Maybe they can only shoot projectiles. <laughs> if you can create anything, I I could just create an, an explosive. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, I guess theoretically. I mean, he created yeah. a machine gun, so I guess he could create that. I... He created the bullets to put in the machine gun to fire at the <laughs> gasoline tankers. You know what? Maybe we should read some Green Lantern comics. And... I guess. <laughs> I but we do... shouldn't have to. The movie should yeah. explain it clearly for us. Um I know in Marvel, I mean, uh, Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe, the Green Lantern makes fists with a... Yeah, that's like his staple. Yeah. It's probably in the early comics. The writers were creative enough to get that far. <laughs> to make a bigger fist to punch people. Yeah. It's probably really easy. Easier to draw. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about the movie. Is I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's great. It's mid-range. It's mid-range. Yeah, it's to me. It's about as interesting as Thor. Like they're kind of yeah. I think Thor. Was, I think me. Thor was better, but because I think the I think it was maybe because Thor was written better, where you like the characters more. Yeah, I'd, I'd say. Um, I guess yeah. Thor's side characters were a little more. Yeah, because I mean, Hal Jordan. Like I mean, Ryan Reynolds was fine. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth's character was charming, but also Ryan Reynolds wasn't that bad. He doesn't have much to it's, it's bounce the off. Writing, of. I mean, he's got this nerd friend who you you don't really understand. Like, there's no sense of a lot of like you get a sense that you know they're friends, but you know that guy's kind of in and out, and yeah, he has no weight to him. Um, he has no arc that he's they're covering together, you know. And then Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. They just there's a lot of exposition yeah. like oh we used to know each other and yeah and then, they never you know, do much of anything together except you know kiss on screen and stuff and then Hammond doesn't show up until what thirty minutes into the movie mm-hmm. he's just thrown in there to become a character at the same time that the Green Lanterns become a character so they're yeah uh, simultaneously like their storylines are being but they never really interact until he has to have his first fight so there's no like at the end they make this big deal of you know that 
this nerd guy wants to be more like you know athletic how jordan he mm-hmm. he's feels like a disappointment all, disappointment all the time but they never did anything together early on so you don't know like yeah. it's just it's just people saying stuff to give you information to, like yeah you should hate you should feel bad for this guy because we're telling you so yeah and why didn't if he can read thoughts why do you know how jordan was lying to him about the ring <laughs> you think that he, he accepted it willingly Oh, cool, a ring. <laughs> oh, you, you can't read Hal Jordan's thoughts, though. Maybe Hal Jordan put a green force field around his brain and he was able to maybe. read it. But yeah, I, I think my Or biggest, maybe fear doesn't... Maybe. ...keeps you from being able... He's too afraid to read Hal Jordan's <laughs> thoughts. You know, my biggest problem... Again, the fight scenes were kind of cool, and but, you know, I didn't like the tacked-on daddy issues. And then his whole family hates him, and they happen to be watching the newscast where he gets out of it, and he's just walking into the house. Yeah, like, where'd nothing. they go? Yeah, where do they go? So it just seems unnecessary that they're and then his nephew happens to be super close to him. And so is that his brother? Yeah, that's his brother. And his brother wasn't at, like they never reference his brother being at the tarmac or whatever. Yeah, when his father dies, like exactly. you think he'd be there? <laughs> you think? Yeah. And you know, where's his mom at the I, whole time? I mean, how cheesy was it when his his dad's plane crash and he was running to see his dad say dead, and the dad she looks at him back. and it blows up at that right time. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, his, well, his dad dies <laughs> in a plane explosion at the exact moment where Hal Jordan calls for his father, and his father they they look at each other in the eyes, and then he blows up. Or is that just the way Hal Jordan remembers it? Maybe it wasn't that way at all. <laughs> and that's what I have to say about Green Lantern. Um, Do you think people should go see it? Yeah, if you want to see a superhero movie, I guess. I mean. I don't know. You know, it's it's all right. I mean, there's. I would go see a matinee, maybe, so you don't have to waste all your money on it. Yeah, it's... You don't need to see it in 3D. I don't really... Was there anything in there that may, maybe may look cooler in 3D? Maybe the credits? <laughs> the um, Maybe the um, parallax tentacles. Oh, maybe that would look pretty cool. Um, maybe the fist thing. Maybe anything he generates out of the ring that flies across the screen I, I read though it's not that impressive in 3d because again it was yeah. converted it wasn't shot in 3d um next week we're seeing cars 2 is that our week movie for next week it is i don't think anything else comes out. i think it's just cars 2 right on i don't see that yeah i think the next time i see two movies in a week will be july 1st i'll be seeing transformers even though i don't want to <laughs> and uh, larry crown <laughs> with tom hanks right on i'm excited because it's tom hanks's first uh direct directorial movie movie he directed since uh that thing you do and i love that thing you do it's one of my favorite movies just because it's lighthearted and fun have not seen it dude fail sorry i thought you liked tom hanks i do and you even watch a movie that he stars and directs in um no No, and i don't and wrote i'll I'll get to some i'm not gonna not watch it but it's just never really i've never been sitting around like Man, I just got wa- done watching Saving Private Ryan. I, w- I really want to study more Tom Hanks. <laughs> it's time to do that thing you do. So yeah, I'm actually excited for Cars too now that I like the first one. So yeah, that's about it. Anything to add, Brad? Um, do we miss anything? Because I think when we're talking about it, it, doesn't sound like we should tell people to go see the movie because I don't remember us. <laughs> st- no, uh, I'm, I'm f- if. if if I, I'd say if you're a Green Lantern fan, maybe you'll see the movie. I'd have to go. No, neither of us 
or comic book fans of Green Lantern. So I'd be interested. I, as a do you know somebody who's a Green Lantern fan? Yeah, Jesse. Oh yeah, he's a big uh, Superman and JLA fan. So maybe. Yeah. So once he sees it, yeah, um, maybe ask his opinion and see what he thinks. So until then, I would. It, and my my impression is that I think if you're a Green Lantern fan, you'll probably like this movie. Probably, um, but I don't know what they got right and what they got wrong. So. Well, Mark um, Strong, it, he can do really good monologues, since that's all he did in the movie. <laughs> that's what he did in uh, Sherlock Holmes, too. Yeah. It's kind of that, I'm going to be the villain, and you're all going to follow me. It's kind of what he does. He's not the villain in Green Lantern. Wink! Stay after the opening. Wait. The Stay for the first part of the credits. <laughs> yeah. The cool part of the credits. Yeah. And not the scroll part. Not the scroll part. Um. Unless you want to see some comic books at the end. <laughs> oh, that's right. There's comic books. Tells yeah, you to read that comic books. That was cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, but as as like a uninitiated um, moviegoer, you know, Green Lantern. It seemed like people in the theater really were enjoying it. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I don't know if they're fans, like originally fans or not. So as someone who, you know, is uninitiated, like I didn't leave the theater going... I want to know more about Green Lantern, and I didn't leave going, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so. So if we're rating it on a scale of uh, four stars, I'd give it two. <laughs> because I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was. Yeah. It's just middle of the road. Yeah, middle of the road. Yeah. Anyways, I'm Ryan. Um, if people want to respond to your comments, Ryan, oh, what yeah. should they do? If you want to uh, hit me up on Facebook, you can look me up on The Real Nerds fan page or you can look me up as ryan frost i'm on the real nerds fan page there too or you can email me at rodstew2 at yahoo.com that's r-o-d-s-t-e-w number two at yahoo.com or you can visit one of our amazing websites navelessvisions.com and sphrx'sdomain.com brad spells sphrx domain for people s-p-h-e-r-x-d-o-m-a-i-n.com he had to really think about that and that's his character he created i don't trust myself to just write <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy who it's we, a lot of letters yeah this is a guy who when we play uh cranium though that you you do really well on the backward spelling words because i can see the word mm, but you can't see a word that you created and in my head <laughs> <laughs> sometimes stuff from here up here gets a little messed up coming out here and gotcha. I, I don't trust myself i do make mistakes i'm not I, afraid to admit s-p-h-e-r-x-d-o-m-a-c-r-e got lost <laughs> Brad, you don't D-O-M-A-I-N. make mistakes. And then in my brain, because you can read my thoughts, I was thinking, he makes mistakes all the time. When is he ever going to learn? <laughs> um, shoot, well, he threw me off course. Um, uh, and if you, if you have comments about the previous podcasts, uh, you can also yeah, reach please. James on yeah. his Facebook page. Yeah. I don't know what his email is. So. And I mean, we've already had some colorful comments about how I'm a pretentious prick what <laughs> yeah that was like the first thing he said frosty you pretentious brick that's the first time i've ever been called that before by by matt but, oh that's right yeah. but good thing he's listening thanks matt for listening <laughs> um what else if you can think of any other derogatory comments please send them my way <laughs> if you want to hate on ryan frost please contact please contact the me. trash can <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, if people aren't talking about you, then even if it's negative, then people are still talking about you. Exactly. You're still giving them the power. I am. Um, Yeah. uh, Find the Real Nerds podcast Facebook page and 
you can also find Real Nerds on iTunes. Use them. Yes, you can download down, it for free. Download this for free from iTunes, and I feel like we're forgetting some really big point of advertising, but I guess I should just let it go. <laughs> just remember, nebulousvisions.com for all your Real Nerds needs. <laughs> Brad's thinking really hard about something. Oh, God, it was... Or he has to fart. I don't know. What it is. <laughs> I got distracted. There's, we're missing some. We're not covering something, but we didn't say people can contact us through your Facebook page. Yeah, who, yeah. No one cares about me, so forget that. I care about you, Brad. Thank you. Yep. Um, that's all I got. So. Yeah. Sweet. See you next week when Cars Two comes out and cut. <laughs> <laughs>